we want to welcome all of you here today to the Agape Christian Fellowship Tea and Coffee Meeting. Today we're going to be discussing discerning of spirits and what can be a cursed object. So it's really important in this world today to get familiar with this topic. I hope you are all ready and you have some, a pencil and paper handy for the scriptures that we'll be talking about. Because in our world today, we are largely divided between those who think that witchcraft and curses are a superstition from the past, that science has overruled and explained all these things. In my country, America, many people believe this way. And then there are other countries where they are so familiar with the spirit realm, especially the demonic, that to them, curses and witchcraft are very real. And I've read um, in the last year when I've been ministering in the courts of heaven, I have discovered the reality of these things and how they do still apply. The word of God makes it very clear that there are curses and nowhere in the Bible does it say that all the curses have passed. It does say that Jesus, our King can free us of these curses, but we must know how to be free. Many of you are aware that this is the time of the awakening. This is an hour where God is moving people to him, making himself real, calling people. If you feel like you've kind of just been shaken awake and, and you feel like you just are, are, God's pulling you towards him, it's because it's the awakening. And pretty soon, next year, we're going to enter the outpouring. Now, the outpouring is going to be like a time as it was in the book of Acts, where, where God is going to pour out his spirit so that all will know that he is God. And we'll see signs, wonders, and miracles like we did in that age. Remember, in the book of Acts, Paul was in prison. And when he came and the uh, angel released him and he came to the gate and was knocking, the people inside, the woman inside thought that was Paul's angel. Surely Paul couldn't be out of prison. It was more, um, it was easier to think that it was just an angel. This means that angelic appearances were very common during this time. It's a time where the spirit realm is really close and we start seeing many more things move that we haven't seen in a very long time. This is why it's so important to understand and discern good from evil. We know that this is a gift of the spirit as stated in 1 Corinthians 12. It says, but the manifestation of the spirit is given to every man to profit with all, meaning to, to profit the whole group. And to one is giving the gift of discerning of spirits. If you have a gift of discerning of spirits, you may have it and not even realize what is going on. <laughs> this was the case for me with me, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. But concerning the discerning of spirits in 1 Corinthians, it's the Greek word, diakrisis, D-I-A-K-R-I-S-I-S, that is translated discerning, but it also means distinguishing or judging, understanding what, get, what spirit is motivating a thing. This gift works in more ways than you might think, many more than I knew up until just mere months ago. For many years, if you've read the free book, Angels Believe in You, you saw, you, you'll see that my walk with God began with a gift of discerning of spirits. When I came back to him, my eyes, spiritual eyes were open and I began to see demons appear. 
And, and I began to know when I would, was listening to somebody, a preacher on TV, I could say, yes, 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 he's right on target. Oh, look, he's gone. <laughs> That's, you know, oh, wait a minute, here he's back with God. So it's like I knew when he was speaking with the Spirit of God, and then I knew when he was speaking with himself, you know, from his own motiva motivation or a different motivation. So that was the beginning of discerning of spirits, along with the appearance of uh, demons and angels. Occasionally through the years, my counselor, the Holy Spirit, would give me a discernment of spirits upon people. A few of the common ones where I saw someone with uh, crooked, jagged, uh, brown teeth, you know, just kind of sticking out of her mouth. I saw someone um, with, with, where their smiles, that happens a lot. Their smiles just seem way too big, almost like the funhouse smiles that stretch all the way across your face. And then once I actually even smelled the smell of cat pee. It smelled like the person just doused themselves in cat urine. And um, I had no idea why. I thought maybe they had a bladder issue. It wasn't until later I realized that the, that was a ammonia smell, smell, which is the smell of demons. So the person, so the Holy Spirit was letting me know that this person has a severe demon issue. There are many ways that God can give us a discernment. Even lately, just seeing pictures of people. See, I will be able, the Holy Spirit reveals, you know, their, their faces just look weird. And it was really difficult not to just assume that, you know, I, at first I was just like, oh, you don't want to be harsh. Not everybody is very photogenic. You know, you aren't, you know, you take really bad pictures sometimes. <laughs> you know, so that was my, that was my thinking was, oh, no, no, no. You're just being judgmental. You're just being harsh on that person. No, just let it go. Until I began to realize this was a gift of discernment. Sometimes the upper face would look really bright and the lower face would look really dark. Most often the smile was too big and out of whack. It, there were just shadows on their face. And this wasn't a trick of photography. I finally realized it was the Holy Spirit revealing that there was something going on with that person. As excited as I, as I was to discover this new area of discerning of spirits, it did come with some consequences. We must be very careful in what we do with discernment. Now, the word tells us that it is for every Christian to discern um, good from evil and that we're to practice this. This is a gift I believe God gives to everyone. And it's as we grow and mature, we're to exercise this gift but we must be careful in the exercising of it. As I began to learn about this, I would consult with different team members and I would be like, who I knew had this gift. I'd be like, oh, do you see this on this person? You know, or, or you know, um, I, I'm seeing this kind of spirit on this person. And, and so I was really, you know, I was trying to do what the word said, which was to practice the discerning of spirits. However, um, one team member was, was very kind in the way and very gracious in the way she, she put this matter when we were practicing it. She abstained from saying anything lest she come under attack. And she quoted the verse, judge not lest thee be judged. And so I thought, well, I'm not judging these people. The Holy Spirit's showing it to me. You know, so how can this be wrong? first, I didn't think anything of it, but I did take it to the Lord that night in prayer, like I always do. 
you know, and I, and I told her as much that, you know, that I hadn't quite thought of it that way. I, I took it to the Lord and I thought, how are we opening ourselves up to attack? What's going on with this? Is it possible to be wrong when we declare what the Holy Spirit is revealing us, revealing to us? So as I laid there and I asked these questions to the Holy Spirit, and I said, what could be wrong with warning others? What could be, what could be wrong with declaring what you're revealing to us? It was that small, quiet voice that we've talked about of the Holy Spirit that was quite loud and quite firm. And he said, you're coming into agreement with the enemy's rights over that person. You're coming into agreement with what the enemy is doing in that person's life, which will increase the enemy's activity. He'll use your words in the courts of heaven. And I went, oh, uh-oh, <laughs> uh-oh, so uh, that's not good. And uh, uh, he brought two verses to mind. Luke 10, 27, love your neighbor. Um, and then that's Luke 10, 27. And Ephesians 4, 29, let no corruption proceed from your mouth, but that is, which is good um, to use in the edifying of the body that ministers grace to the hearers. As members of the body of Christ, and especially to other members, we're supposed to be edifying and lifting up. Our words can be used against them. So we must proceed with caution. We should always let our words be positive, not what the enemy is doing, but what God is able to do through them. If we are operating at the highest levels of love, we won't speak outside of love. We will build people up instead of speaking in agreement with the spirit that is in a judgment upon them with our words. Does this mean we just kind of dismiss this information? How should we handle this information? Now, remember, there's only one exception to this rule, and you better, and it should be used with great caution. If you are called as a prophet, sometimes God, God will tell you to say things that are outside of the edifying and lifting up rule because you're the mouthpiece of God. But unless the Holy Spirit is heavy upon you and leading you to do this, and you know it's thus saith the Lord, no, <laughs> you better uh, refrain from saying anything negative. Now remember, this information was very hard for me to accept, but I knew that I'd been out of alignment with God for many days. I had been under assault. I was battling a cold. So I was not claiming it. I was seeking the Lord in the courts of heaven, but my thoughts were kind of muddied. I even sought the Lord in private counsel in the courts. And his only thing to say to me was to watch my words. And I'm like, I am watching my words. I understand, <laughs> you know, so I didn't, but apparently I did not understand. As I laid there talking to the Holy Spirit, he reminded me of the Lord telling me to watch my words. And this is why. <clears throat> the thought of leading anyone in the wrong direction was a heavy burden. Even though I heard the Holy Spirit, even though I had scripture to back it up, I did not want to bring this thing to you unless I was sure. I said, Lord, if this is really how we are to handle this gift, I'm going to need some proof. 
I am teaching about discern people about discernment in two days. You know, it's only two days. Now, all this was in my mind. I was just thinking it. I was laying there next to my husband. I asked the Lord, let me be healed and free of this sickness if we need to be careful about how we handle this discernment. Show me. Show me that this is your way. It was 2 a.m. And I'd only had about six hours of sleep for the last two days. And all of a sudden, my, my runny nose was super dry and super clear. I had a burst of energy. All the tiredness and the weighed down feeling was gone. You know, I felt like I could get up and start my day right then. Better than 10 cups of coffee. <laughs> I jumped out of bed and the slight little tiny sense of vertigo I'd been experiencing was gone. I had nothing at all. I was fine. That energy lasted until almost 4 a.m. God brought another revelation, which we'll talk about later. But before I went to sleep, I sent this thought to the Lord. I said, thank you. Thank you for these revelations. I said, but they are so different, so different than what I expect, what I expected them to be, that I'm going to talk to the board members in the morning the board members of Agape Christian Fellowship, and I trust if this is from you, we are all going to be on the same page because every time you point me in a direction, they are right there beside me. We're all operating under the same spirit, the Holy Spirit. So I slept until 10. I did get a little bit of sleep, even though I didn't get to bed till almost four. Um, and when I got jumped on Facebook, there was a message for me from a board member. <laughs> this message, in part, said, I see discernment as something we become aware of in the spirit. It's not about flesh and blood. So if we discern something on a book or a picture or someone's face, it's all being aware that there's something spiritual on them. If we move over to judging, then that's where sin comes in. We discern to know we, how we should pray or if we should walk away or speak to them about it. All must involve the Holy Spirit. Now, this was my message that I received from a board member first thing in the morning. <laughs> so praise God for, for confirmation. We really need to be careful on how we use the gift of discernment. Even though I didn't speak out loud during my prayer session with the Lord, he spoke the same thing to a board member to confirm it. This doesn't mean that we can't give warning or speak about something we're perceiving. We just have to be careful in the, wor in the words and how we choose to do it. And, and be careful in how we present it. You know, we don't need to go around telling everyone unless somebody asks. You know, we don't need to be saying anything unless the Holy Spirit places it on our heart. We must first and foremost always follow our counselor. He is the one leading and guiding us. So there's a couple of things that the Lord told me during my prayer session of definitely what not to say. Never ever say, that person has a spirit upon them. Never say, that person is operating through blank spirit. We don't want to label that spirit as being attached to them. We want to, we can, what we can say is, be cautious when listening to that spirit. Or we can tell that person to ask the Holy Spirit to give you discernment about that, per about that particular person. Again, discern give giving others the heads up is not our job. 
it's the job of the Holy Spirit to bring this to, to his people. What action should we take? Well, let's go to the word of God and see what God tells us to do. When I asked him, well, why are we given this discernment? What should we do? He said, Ephesians 6, 18, you know, the one that talks about principalities, powers, and wickedness in high places. Well, it also, if you go down a few verses to verse 18, it says, pray, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, watching with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. It basically says to pray at all times, <laughs> pray in the heavenly language, pray for your brothers and sisters. This is why. So we know how to pray for them. We, in our prayers, we don't want to say, oh God, I thank you for revealing that this spirit is upon this person. Nope. See, you're confessing that that spirit has a right on that person. You just say, Father, I just pray for so-and-so. I ask that you grant them wisdom, that you reveal to them clearly when the Holy Spirit is speaking to him and when he isn't, and if there are any other spirits in their lives. You see how easy that is? You're putting it in God's hands. You're praying and asking for wisdom. You're asking God to open their eyes. That's it. The other thing that we need to do, the other reason why we get this discernment about people is because we need to be cautious when we're listening to that person, knowing that there's a spirit at work. These spirits are really tricky. They'll just twist a little bit of God's word to try and get you to go the wrong way. If it is a ministry and one that you're attached to, you pray and ask God if you should keep supporting the ministry. Let the Holy Spirit let you know if you need to be volunteering there or if you need to withdraw. Ask God to open the eyes of the ministry, to guide that ministry. You know, the prayers of the saints, the prayers of the believers in a place can really benefit the leaders. But you have to ask the Holy Spirit. He knows. He's our guide. He knows all that's going on. He knows if that person or the ministry will turn from their path quickly or if we need to leave because they're not going to turn that quickly. That's what you'll need to do. It's all about the Holy Spirit. He's our guide. I'm not the Holy Spirit for you. <laughs> our team members aren't, but the Holy Spirit can help you and guide you. Now, I thought that these little things of discerning spirits on people was just, was all that there were, all, all that it was. That when the Holy Spirit thought I needed to do something, then he would show up and he'd reveal it in a supernatural way. But as I've said, the Bible says, it tells us differently. It says that strong meat belongs to them that are of full age, the strong meat of the word. That even those who by reason exercised discern both good and evil. We need to exercise our senses in the spirit realm. We need to exercise them so we can discern good and evil. We have to be careful of what we say about the person because we don't want to come into judgment. That would be the sin. We just want to know that they're battling with something and place them in God's hands. So the strong meat of the word are for those of us who are willing to start exercising our spiritual senses like we do our bodies so that we can more easily recognize all that is good and all that is evil. Now, there are even deeper levels to this gift than I ever realized. As I said, curses and cursed objects 
in America, we don't really take those seriously. We, many of us, I shouldn't say all, there are, you know, there's some Wiccan and some other stuff going on, but in small town America where I live, <laughs> we don't really think about that. We think about that as something that is fables. It's from long ago. However, I couldn't be, have been more wrong. I actually discovered objects, not only in my own hometown, but in my own home that were tainted by the enemy, carrying the enemy's influence and wreaking havoc in my life. We've heard about defiled objects and curses in the Old Testament. The enemy hasn't stopped using these tactics. Just because we've become civilized doesn't mean that the spirit realm has changed. It's actually always been the same. So one story, one story comes to mind about cursed or tainted objects from the enemy. Remember the story of Jericho. When God entered, or God's people first entered the promised land. That's kind of where we're at right now. God's glory is going to be pouring out. Um, we're getting really close to that time. So they entered the promised land and there was this giant walled city and it was too, they, their walls were so thick. It said that you could race chariots around them. So big wall, right? And uh, God took down that wall without them even raising a hand. <laughs> they, all they had to do was march around the city and blow a trumpet. God did all the work, but afterwards he instructed them about the city. He said, and this is according to the American King James version of the Bible. And the city shall be accursed. Even it and all that are therein shall be accursed. And he was telling his people to take their hands off of it and don't touch it. Many versions of the Bible don't use that word accursed. They changed it to banned. But the true meaning is cursed. And so this shows us that if an item is cursed, God tells us to keep it away from our homes, not to take it into our camps and into our tents. In Joshua 6.18, God continues and said, And if you in any wise keep yourself from the cursed thing, lest you make yourself a curse, then when you take the accursed thing and make the camp of Israel a curse and trouble it. So this is showing what a cursed object can do. It can bring trouble into your home or into your, into your camp. Why? I believe because it's, uh, it's an open door for the enemy. It's an access point for the enemy to come in and start moving. As we know, there was a man called, what was his name? Uh, Amon? Uh, I can't remember. There, there was one man in the camp who decided that he would take um, some gold, silver, and a robe. And he hid them in his tent. And w then when they went out to battle, and they battled, and they had like 10 times the number of people they were fighting against. They lost. So this is how you can tell if you have something cursed in your home that may be troubling you. Does it seem like that no matter what you do, that you never win? <laughs> that um, it looks, everything looks perfect, but you still keep failing. Well, it may be because of a cursed item or a curse, a generational curse. But when this happened to Joshua, it really, because Joshua was a leader of God's people. When this happened, Joshua shows us what we should do. If you feel like you're losing when you should be winning, when you feel like even though you, all, you got everything lined up, it still falls apart, Joshua ran to the Lord and he cried out, why is this happening? 
He said, what are they going to say about your people that, that, that they were so wimpy and everybody, everybody overcame them? How is that going to speak of you, God? So God told Joshua, there is, there, the problem is with your people. Somebody has brought a, a cursed object into your camp. So that is great. Oh, it was, so it's Anshan, A-C-H-A-N, Anshan. Um, so God didn't reveal who it was. He so, told Joshua to go and search the camp, and then he would reveal it. So Joshua went, went um, and he went family by tribe by tribe, family by family. So they had a, had a way of casting runes in the day. They would cast, they would, not runes, but they would, they would cast lots. And there, there were sticks, and they would cast them, and according to what they said, um, or draw lots, and then that would reveal, would reveal God's will. So they went tribe by tribe. And, and then they went from, uh, when they, they found a tribe, then they went from family to family to see who uh, was holding the cursed object. Finally, it was revealed to Joshua, it was this guy, and he told him. Um, and he told him, look, God has revealed it's because of you that we're losing battles. You have the cursed item where it is. Where is it? So God revealed what it was so that they could re get rid of it. And only then were they, were they free. Now, many of you are probably thinking exactly what I would have been thinking a couple of years ago. But didn't Jesus free us all from curses? Do we have anything to fear from any kind of cursed object? Believe me, I thought that because I was covered with the blood of Jesus, because my house was, anything I brought in was fine. It was covered by the blood. You know, it's, all, it's good. Nothing can hurt me. I'm, I'm invincible through the Lord Jesus. However, let's look at the New Testament and see if that is true. Jude 1 23 says that it says and save others with fear pulling them out of the fire he's talking about the fire of hell but hating even the garment spotted by flesh so this is Jude 1 23 the, the Greek word uh spilu s-p-i-l-o-o -O, means defiled and that was the spotted by flesh items can, items and even clothings can carry curses and it can be defiled by other spirits. Newly saved Christians, the ones you have just pulled out of the fire, who've just come to know the Lord, they may have many things in their possession which have curses on them, which have the enemy, the taint of the enemy. And we're supposed to keep those things tainted by the enemy far from us. We're supposed to be in fear of it, not fear as, oh my gosh, it may hurt me. But in fear of, I don't want the enemy to have any access over me. If we look at Acts 19.12, it says, it tells us that the handkerchiefs and aprons from Paul were brought and that broke curses and, and sent demons fleeing from people and healed people when they were sent to others. So we know the Spirit of God can be on objects. We know that the, the, um, that things that are close to our body can, can carry the Spirit of God. So why are we surprised that other objects can carry other spirits? We know that God is fair and just, that he puts rules and laws in place, even in the spiritual realm. What is good for God, <laughs> the enemy can also do as well. So... Now we know that items
can be can carry a taint of evil, a curse, quote curse. It, we call it a curse because it is away from the blessing of God. It's with the enemy. So it's a cursed or a tainted item. And what it does is it gives a religious spirit access to us. It gives us a, a spirit access to our homes. It's like a back door in a computer program. <laughs> you know, that it lets us, lets that spirit come in and just kind of mess with us a little bit. So it doesn't affect our salvation. Remember, Jesus died to break the curse of the law, singular. The curse of the law was the, that we would go to hell if we didn't have a sacrifice, if we weren't one of God's people. He was a sacrifice for us. He broke that curse. We're no longer going to hell. We're going to heaven. But it doesn't mean that objects still can't have an effect on us. Scripture tells us that the Holy Spirit is our teacher and our guide, that he will teach each person what they need to know. For this reason, we need to be very careful with this information. We don't want to get all religious about it. <laughs> we don't want religious means bound. Um, the word religion actually means to be enslaved too. So we don't want to have, you know, this religious attitude of, oh, you can't have this and you can't do this. And because newborn Christians, baby Christians, they need time with the Holy Spirit to help they have the Holy Spirit ready their hearts so they can leave these things a little bit at a time. When I first came to God many, many years ago, if somebody had told me, oh, you can't do this, you can't watch that program, you can't sing this song, and you, and you can't read that book, I think I might have been a little less eager <laughs> to come to God. We have to let God do his work. After a couple of months of seeing demons, you know, the Holy Spirit opened my eyes, seeing up demons in my house and having to cast them out all the time, I became ready to do whatever it took <laughs> to remove those spirits from my life. I was tired of having to cast them out every other week. I, so I called uh, my mom and I said, Mom, how come they keep coming back? And she said, is there anything in your house that could be an open door for them? And I thought, huh. What could be an open door for these demons that, think, that make them think they can come and trouble me whenever they happen by? If you're at this point, if you're ready to learn what in your house may be an open door for spirits to come in and trouble you, well, keep listening. We got a very short list for you. I'm not going to give you the full thing. I'm just going to give you the basic beginner baby steps that he gave me all the way back then. Statues or pictures of other gods, they're an open door. Items from other religions and things that access the spirit realm. These are the basics that will open the door for spirits that aren't the Holy Spirit to move into your life. They will be like an access portal, a beacon to the spirit realm that says, come here, come here, <laughs> trouble me because I don't know what I'm doing. You know, you can get away with whatever you want, just come to my house. So if you don't want that sign on your front door, <laughs> you may want to consider getting rid of these things. So let's go over each one very carefully. Exodus 20, verse four, it says, you shall not make any graven image or likeness of anything that is in heaven or above or earth beneath or that is water under the earth. Now this verse directly follows the first of the 10 commandments. 
and God said, you shall have no God before me. And, you know, and then he lays out what that means. By having a picture of another God, what you're doing is saying to the spirit realm, I'm not really that devoted to my God. Hey, if you're another God, come and hang out with me. You know? <laughs> we don't want to do that. Now, the hard thing is to identify what, what are statues of other gods. See, in, in his day, when God said this, they would make idols um, to worship out of anything. <laughs> they would make an item out of seashells or idol out of seashells. They would make graven images and they would bow down and worship them. And God knew the temptation to worship other, other objects. And he knew that there was a wide variety of them. So he just said, okay, all of these things don't have. Let's look more specifically to our day and age. Did you know that dragons are honoring Satan? In the Bible, Satan is called that old dragon. That is his name. He is the dragon. If you're keeping statues or pictures of dragons around, you're acknowledging, oh, yes, you know, I'm okay with a little bit of Satan. I'm okay with him hanging out here a little while. Little while. You don't want to do that. Another thing, just because I'm from the American Southwest, are Kachina dolls. Kachina dolls are actually demon spirits that the Native Americans worshipped as gods. You really don't want any Kachina dolls hanging out in your house. And then also Cupid. Well, really, you know, most of us know Zeus is a god, you know, all the Greek gods, we know all the Indian gods, we know all of these, Buddha, he's a god, people worship him as he is a god, we know all those things are god, our other gods, god with a little g, you know, not our big god, little gods, but the, the, the statue of Cupid, he's actually the god of desire from Greek mythology, I know it's cute with the little angel, with the little child and the arrow, but guess what? <laughs> that is the God of desire you are honoring. Okay, so are you ready for the next one? Let's move on to religious items. What are religious items? Just as Paul's clothing held God's presence, if items were used in worshiping other gods, they may hold the present of the spirit that was opposed to God that they were worshiping. They may hold, you know, if it's not that particular spirit, it might be lesser spirits that they that were moving into their lives with that worship. So we don't want to keep any spiritual items around. Now, I'm not going to give a big long list here because we pretty much know what are spiritual items that were used in a different way. You'll have to ask the Holy Spirit ask yourself, do some research. Was this used in another religion? Was this used to honor another God that wasn't the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? Okay, the last item, spiritual realm items. These are, these are uh, things that are used to contact the spiritual realm. Proverbs 18.18 says, it shows us that, as I mentioned before, that they cast lots to put an end to dispute and decide be between powerful contenders. So that was God's instruction in the Old Testament. Before the Holy Spirit was in and each and every, every person. Remember, in the Old Testament, the only people who had the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit was upon them was prophets. And the Holy Spirit would come upon them so they could reveal something. And God's priests 
sometimes had the whole the holy spirit upon them but not in them to guide them and direct them so they used lots that you they would cast these other objects and they would trust that they would land in a certain way to reveal god's will however this is the new testament that we are in the new testament time we have the holy spirit he's our guide he is our teacher we need to be using him to access the spiritual realm we don't want any other access to the spiritual realm that isn't through the holy spirit these are a very very short list of items you don't want any uh, ouija board you don't want tarot cards even if they're labeled christian or holy cards no the holy spirit is good enough he doesn't need his card you know he will speak to your heart it says we're supposed to be led and guided by the peace the umpire in our heart um american indian dream catchers yes these were supposed to keep dreams from the spirit for coming to you how are they going to use that how is that item going to be used in connection with the spirit realm and then also casting runes i know they have uh, nordic ones they have all different types of things you can cast and for anything that is used to predict the future or to give advice it's wrong we need to stay focused on the holy spirit within he is our access point nothing else okay so we are gonna take a little break we're gonna stop here in the recording because this next section is for mature christians only if you are a mature mature christian and you want to know what the next level is say okay now all that stuff is easy i have no problem get rid of that tell me what else i can do to make my home free of any taint of the enemy